Well, we're continuing on our teaching on battlefield. How many of you know that we are in, in a struggle? We're in a little battle. And um, let's go ahead and look at some scripture to get going on this. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, it says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So let me rearrange that just a little bit. If we are unaware of his schemes, he will be able to outwit us. But if we are aware of his schemes, he will not be able to outwit us. Do y'all read that too? All right, let's look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. This has kind of been the basis of uh, each week here. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you... Good. So that you will be able to stand... Against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, put on every piece of God's armor so you, that's you, not just Pastor Ron, it's all of y'all, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And, and that's good news for us. And here's the takeaway. Yes, there's a battle. And it's very strategic and tricky because of who we're dealing with here. Uh, but the good news is, if we'll cooperate with God, if we'll take what God gives us and do what he shows us, then we're going to be able to stand. We're going to be able to resist. We're going to be able to win. That's good news. Now, real quick, let me just review uh, the last few weeks. We looked, first of all, and we're talking about battlefield and how the enemy kind of works. First of all, he works and traffics in darkness. And that darkness is ignorance. It's things that we don't know, things that we can't see. And the enemy loves to take advantage of you in that regard. And so our answer, of course, is, is light to help us see. And this battle takes place in the mind, in the mind. And then we saw dryness. Dryness is dissatisfaction. It's discontent. It kind of moves you and drives you. You're going to try to quench that. And that's a dangerous thing. You, that's, that's how he pried Eve, who had everything, no reason to be discontent, How do you tempt someone who's in a perfect setting? He did it through discontent to make her think she who had everything did not have everything. And that's what caused her to wander and to waver. And the same with us. And, of course, the answer for dryness is water. It's the river of life that flows from the throne of God. And we spent a lot of time on that. Then last week, does anybody remember last week? Direction. And... You've got to get going in the right direction, keep going in the right direction. The enemy's goal is to get you off course. And the good thing is, if we get off course, we can get back on course. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. It's about direction. So, and the answer to all of these, actually the remedy for all of this is God's presence, God's word, and God's people. Okay? Say it with me. God's presence, God's word, and God's people. And that is what is going to be the answer for for all of these things. Well, I want to move on today and uh, deal with another area. This is super important here. Let me first of all recount to you out of Luke chapter 4. Jesus is 
driven or led by the spirit into the wilderness. And part of what's going to happen there is he's going to be tempted by the devil. And that's, that's our enemy. Remember that we're in a battle and and same enemy. And, uh, he did not eat during this time. And then toward the end of this 40 days out there, he's weathered, he's tired, he's hungry. And the devil comes to him and he, uh, and I'll just kind of recount this a little bit. And he says, Hey, I know you're really hungry. And will you look you there that those stones kind of look like bread, don't they, Jesus? And you're the man, you got the power. You could, you, you could turn these stones in, into bread and then you wouldn't be hungry anymore. And, and, and Jesus said, you are right. You got any peanut butter? <laughs> I mean, you know, I just varied from scripture. Okay. Cause some of you are like, wow, no, no. And, and Jesus said, no. He said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Satan wanders off and he comes back and he goes, okay. And I don't know how all this worked entirely, but he took him up into a, into a high place. And he showed him at all in a moment, he showed him the glory of all the kingdoms of the world. And here's what they both knew that one day, all the glory of all the kingdoms would be Jesus. They belong to him. And so he's in essence saying, Hey, I know a shortcut. That you won't have to go through all of this stuff and all of the crucifixion and all. I, I know a shortcut, Jesus, that, hey, this is mine to give to you. And I can give it to you if you'll just, let's see, if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, no. He said, because it's written that we worship God and him alone do we worship and serve. So he wanders off and he comes back again and. And he says, okay, so you're using scripture. Let's, let's go with scripture. And scripture says that he took him into the highest place, the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, the scripture says, Jesus, that if you fall, that the angels will catch you and, and you won't even get hurt. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Jesus says, no. He says, uh, get behind me. He said, because it is written that you'll not tempt the Lord your God. Don't ask him to do something outside of his purposes of scripture. And then it says that Satan left him for a more opportune time. He left him for a season, meaning he would be coming back. So I want us to think about that and how he dealt with Jesus and how Jesus dealt with him. And let's, let's observe a couple of things. First of all, note that the devil did not use a pitchfork. <laughs> Secondly, he did not use horns. If he has them and he didn't use his pointy tail and he didn't throw fireballs. Look at me. Here's what he did. He talked. He talked. What's he going to do with you? He's going to talk. And I want to, I want to look at that today. And, and for our purposes today, let's just, let's just use this one here. Dialogue. Dialogue. Now he would prefer monologue dialogue is two people. Okay. Monologue is just one talking. We kind of have a little monologue going on now, you know, but, uh, the devil loves to get into dialogue with you unless you know some certain things. And he would prefer it to be a monologue, meaning this, he prefer that you just sit back and listen and be gullible and kind of take it all in. He'd prefer that. You know, the other day, um, my youngest son, Gabriel, he, his class had gone on a field trip out of town. 
Dad will be back like, I think it was like 6 o'clock that they would, they would be back. So I drove back to the school, expecting about 6 or so. And then he calls me about the time I got here and said, hey, we're going to be a little late. And I said, okay, how much late? And he told me where they were. And I said, okay, so I'll go home. So I, I drove back home. And about the time I got home, he called, hey, Dad, we're almost there. Okay, so I turned around and drive back. And it had been a long day, really had it been a long week. And, and I was hungry and I was tired, not, not 40 days hungry and tired. Okay. But, and so I drove back and on the way, I'm just kind of sitting in traffic, got the radio on and this ad comes on on the radio and it was some kind of teeth whitening swabs. And it said that you can get these and they'll brighten your teeth, whiten your teeth, two shades in five minutes. And seven shades in five days. Call right now. 1-800-750-1-800. So I said, all right. And I'm just kind of, you know, driving, thinking, hungry, tired. And then another one came on for spray car wax. All you have to do is spray it. You don't have to wipe it, buff it, rinse it. Just spray it on. And if you call in the next 20 minutes, you get two of them. Just call 1-800. And I'm listening to this. And for some reason, part of my mind is trying to get that number. (laughs) And then a third commercial came on and the guy had a 10-year perfect pillow. It's always perfect. Never gets, you know, like cool side, warm side, whatever. You don't have to ever fluff it 10 years. And then the guy who invented this, get this, his voice came on the commercial. I personally guarantee it. <laughs> and they gave him the number to call. And you know what? I have to be honest with you. I kind of sat back. I think I need these things. <laughs> I need these things. And you know what? Because I'm tired, hungry, gullible. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, What? I thought, what if I actually did call and order these things, put them on a credit card? Guess what? In about a couple of weeks, my wife's going to say, what on earth did you order? <laughs> you know, and we find out how foolish that we are sometimes. Well, the enemy is hoping to catch you tired, hungry, everything, and, and that you'll just be compliant. And this will be a monologue and he can talk you into some things because what he's after is just to talk. Let's consider a couple of things here. The Satan, our enemy, the devil... He's contrary to us. He's an adversary. He's an accuser, Scripture says. He's a slanderer. Watch all these things. So he slanders, he accuses, he lies, he condemns, he questions, exaggerates, he distorts, he repeats. He's been expelled from heaven. He's active, he's angry, he's aware that the clock is running. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians that he masquerades or he disguises himself as an angel of light, as a messenger, as a spokesman of God. Guess what all of that points to? He talks. He talks. And he talks to influence. And he talks to project ideas and and thoughts and fear and lies. And the battlefield for this is also the mind. The mind. Now understand this. He does not know your thoughts. Please get this. Satan does not know your thoughts. 1 Corinthians tells us that only you and only God knows your thoughts. But I do think through his wiles, his schemes, his devices, 
and through your gates, your ear gates, your eye gates, and, and so forth, that there are ways that he can project, that he can prompt, that he can suggest, he can use conversations, he can use images, he can, he can do a lot of different things. He's a spiritual enemy. He uses spiritual things, unseen things, to project things into your mind. He does not know what's in your mind, but he's sure trying to launch something. Now, I think we give it away sometimes, though. I mean, we're just standing there just regular, and all of a sudden, he's working to try to get something in your mind, and all of a sudden, you go, and he knows. We got one in there, you know, and and we show, and our whole life has been show and tell. He knows what bait to use to catch you. And we all get caught on something else. He he knows what to try to do to get you off course, to get you in darkness, to get you in dryness. And through this dialogue, ultimately to try to destroy you. And that's what we're talking about with wiles and devices and schemes. He'll use media. He'll use people. He'll set up props. He'll suggest things. He'll use anything broken and sharp that you and I lay around, such as anger, strife. Pride, ambition, no self-control. Proverbs tells us that when you operate with no self-control, it's like a house with the doors and windows kicked out. How many of you know that's not very secure? The thief can come and go in, in that type of setting. And all he wants to do is suggest and trigger and plant and influence uh, lies and fear and thoughts onto the inside of you. In John eight forty four, it says this, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So guess what? He loves to talk and he's full of lies. And so whenever, if he's talking, he's what? He's lying. That's his native language. So if he's talking, he's lying and he loves to talk and he's your adversary. He's against you. How many of you know what this is? Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Remember, it's high school football. That's the way you can remember, okay? Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. He's your adversary. Guess what? He is very, very anti-happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Very much. So what he has to do is talk you out of it. And he loves to talk, so this could work. So what he does is he tries to assault your sense of security. Assault your worth. Assault your wholeness. To neutralize you, your gifts, your purposes, your your talents, your goals, what God has for you. He wants to neutralize it. He wants to draw everything into question. He wants to keep you away from God's presence and God's word and God's people. He does not want you to worship. He does not want you to pray. He does not want you to get into the word. He doesn't want you hanging out with God's people. He doesn't want to do all of He doesn't want you to do all those things. So he's got to somehow divert you. He's got to talk to you in those ways. And the way he does it is lies, lies, and lies. And he puts those lies into your mind. Everybody point right here. This is the battlefield between the ears, place of the skull right here. It's lies to get those lies in it. And there's two main categories of lies. You ready for this? First of all, about you. He lies to you about you. And the main thing is he wants to lie to you about you being worthy of anything. You are unworthy. You're unworthy because of your performance. You're unworthy because of where you came from, because of your color, because of your gender, because of your size, because of where you're from or who you knew or what your name was. He'll just find any kind of garbage to work into that lie to just say you're just unworthy. 
And the second thing is he's going to lie about God and he's going to lie in this way. He's either going to tell you that God is not real or he's going to tell you that God does not care. So if he can get you thinking and believing, I'm just, I'm just unworthy. I'm just an extra piece of flesh just left over, wandered around. I don't even have any purpose. And if I had any purpose, I probably blew my purpose. He'd love to get you to buy into that lie. And then to get you to buy into the lie of this, that God is either not real or God does not care. And here's the thing. Now, get this. Lies, if he can load a lie into your thinking, the lie is already preloaded. And get this, and it will keep talking. If he can just get the lie inside of you, the lie will keep on talking. The same is true of fear. If he can just get fear inside of you, if he can lodge that into your thinking, fear or lies, they will keep on talking. So we've got to do something to bust this down and and, and to avoid this in our life. Now, not only does he love to talk, he likes to write your script for you. He likes to give it, say this, say this about your life. So listen and listen to me real good on this. Stop being negative. Don't use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. Stop, stop saying negative things. Stop being the negative person. Well, the world's just going to hell in a handbasket and And there's a lot of obvious things, a lot of bad things. But, you know, don't let the devil write your script for you that that's how that's what you're going to use the power of words to do, to speak and to say to other people. My goodness. So what we've got to do here is understand that he not only likes to talk, he likes to write your script for you and get you to talk. Now, when the enemy is lying to you, understand this. It sounds very loud. When you have lies of the enemy inside your mind, how many of you have ever had maybe a little pain and you thought, for sure, I'm going to die? <laughs> how many of you know that can get pretty loud, you know? How many of you, you're in traffic and all of a sudden highway patrolman lights on? It's me. It's me. I'm going to jail. <laughs> Never done anything wrong, but I'm sure I have eight warrants, you know? And the devil would just take, he'll take that six seconds there to just try to destroy you and just... Are y'all here? And how many of you know when those thoughts are going on, it's loud. And you hear something on the news about the economy or this. We're, we're going to lose everything. I mean, we, just, we, just, we get these lies and they're very, very loud, aren't they? Actually, they're very silent because they're going on here. And to the people around you, they're very, very silent. There's people sitting on your road that are going through things right now that are very, very loud in here. Very, very loud in here. But we, we don't know why they're acting that way, why they're feeling that way. We don't know what they're going through. But this is the thing. That battle is silent, but you cannot and you must not stay silent. Look at me. You've got to talk back. Amen. You've got to start talking back. Now, I've got soap in my mouth. Got my little rear end spanked. I mean, I don't know how many times over this. Do not talk back. Y'all listen to me. Talk back. Okay, this is different. Talk back. Jesus talked back. You've got to talk back. And let me tell you why you've got to talk back. Because the only way to overcome a thought is with words. I'll say it again. The only way to overcome a thought is with words. Your mind has to be quiet to hear what your mouth is saying. 
The speech centers of your brain dominate your brain. And so you've got to use words. Everybody say use words. You got to use words. You got, you got to kick it in gear. You got to speak. You got to say, now don't do this in the middle of the mall. Don't do this in the lunchroom at work. Okay. Sometimes you just, I, I, excuse me, please. I mean, if you have to fake it, act like your stomach's upset or something, you know. Just do something to, you know, but best way is just hem your day in both ends in the middle of the day. And, and listen to me, you've got to do this. You've got to use the power of speech. You've got to speak up. You've got to speak out. You've got to talk back because the only way to overcome a thought is with words and use words, but don't just use any words. Use God's word. Use God's word. Now in this battle, we've been given armor. And Ephesians 6, 17, our only, our one and only offensive weapon is a sword. And it says this, take, follow this, some of you know this, take the sword of the spirit, which is the, okay. <laughs> take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everybody say that with me. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God. So we're to take this sword. It's the sword that the spirit will give us the spirit. That's why it's the sword of the spirit. It's the sword that the spirit wields. It's the sword that the, the spirit will furnish to us in that time of battle. And a sword, what do you do with a sword? You slice, you dice, you make Julian fries, you stab, you pierce, you cut, You scare, you chase, you use that sword and, and understand this, that sword is a powerful thing. Even if you're just holding it, not even using it. And the word there in the Greek for the sword, it actually is a large knife or dagger. Get this. It's for up close combat. This is for up close. And I can't think of anything more close than the battle that would go on in your mind and would go on on in my mind. About myself, about my sanity, about my family, about my finances, about my health, about my future, about my children. Are you all with me? And there's a battle being raged for that. And you can't afford to be quiet about that. It's time to pull out a sword here. Up close and personal. Large knife, dagger. I'm ready. You got to be ready for this. But get this. This sword, it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That word there in the Greek for word of God. Word is the Greek word rhema. And it means this, the spoken word. Now listen, this is a spiritual principle. Religion wants to keep you very quiet. We want to come in big buildings and And the devil would love to keep you quiet. And I'm telling you, don't be quiet. You're going to have to get a little more noisy in your life. You got to stop letting him come around, whisper in your ear, say all these things to you about you and your stuff and your future and everything. You got, you got to speak up. You got to talk back. Y'all with me? And, and, and you got to speak the word of God. I mean, actually speak the word of God. Now follow this in the book of revelation. We have several references where it says that a two-edged sword came out of Jesus' mouth, and it's figurative. And with it, he slew, he took care of business with the enemy. It also called the, the sword of the Lord's mouth, which is the word of God. 
in the book of Revelation. Here's the principle we want to get. When you put God's word in your mouth, I'm not talking about chewing on your Bible. You understand what I'm saying? When you put God's word in your mouth, it becomes a sword. When you put God's word in your mouth, it becomes a sword. When he tells you that you're all washed up and this and that and, and, and that your sins were not forgiven, you go, no, no, no. He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You know what you just did? You just pulled out the sword. When he tells you that you're all alone and nobody cares about you and you're going under and you, and you go, no, I am never alone. I'm never without help. God never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's my heavenly father. He watches over me. Y'all with me? Man, I got a big old sword in my, at home in my study on the wall. I should have brought that thing today. I'm checking my time. I may race home and get it for third service. I don't know. But God's word becomes a sword when you put it in your mouth. But hear this. You must, you must have regular. Now I'm going to go for it. You must have daily exposure to an intake of the word of God. You've got to keep continuing to learn and grow in the Bible. You can't fool yourself and just go, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, you got, you actually got to know some stuff. Oh, okay. A a, a penny saved is a penny earned. That's not in the Bible. You're going to actually have to know some things from scripture, learn, grow in scripture. That is what the Holy Spirit then will take and give you in that time so that you can battle back against the lies and fear that he would like to put into your mind. Now, how many of you like it when I draw? I ain't drawing then. Okay. The sword. Thank you very much. Sword has two parts to it. Now follow this just real quick. It has two parts to it. It's got the blade. And the blade is what does the damage, takes care of business. And the blade is the word of God. The other part is the handle. And let me tell you what the handle is. You ready? It's understanding. Understanding. And if you don't understand the word, if you don't know the word, there's nothing to work with. You're going to have to learn the word. Part of my job is to help you to understand the word. What I do every service, every service, I keep driving you back. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to spend time. You've, you've got to. And there's so many helps out there for us. 24 hours a day, you can hear messages from here. We send out notes. We have podcasts. We have archive stuff. There's, there's uh, software that you can get. There's great Bible study books. There's other ministries that have good, good uh, resources available all the time. You've got a Bible. Get in the Bible. The spirit of the, of the author, the Holy Spirit himself, he'll show you the meaning of scripture. You're going to have to get exposed to the word, grow in the word, understand the word so that you can get a handle on the word. Because then when you've got a handle on it, now the Holy Spirit can give that to you so that you can take and you can wage war and you, and you can win. There's much more to say about this, but I just want to shoot ahead to one thing. And we've shared this before. It's for those times where you just have some heaviness on you and you don't know why. How many of you? Come on. I, I had some this week. I'm, I'm right here with you guys. 
Or you feel a little confused, feel a little overwhelmed. You just, you just feel like tired. I, I, can't, I can't even think of scripture right now. Come on, y'all feel that way? In this section over here, y'all, y'all with me too? Okay, just, just want to make sure. Got everybody on this. What I want to give you, and we've talked about this before, and this might be new for some of you, but this is in case of emergency, break glass. This is what to go for. Now, let me give you a little foundation for it. Jesus is the Word. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. In verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. Capital W, Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Then in 1 John 5, 7, it says, And these three bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. And all power and all authority is vested in Jesus' name. Y'all with me? And there are times, and we all have them. I told you, I had some this week. That it's just like, I know what to do, and here's what, here's what you do. You just say to whatever the ugliness is that's kind of harassing you and trying to press it. Here's what you do. In the name of Jesus. Pause right there. That is the word. And all authority is in his name. In the name of Jesus. Leave me now. I want to practice it one time. In the name of Jesus. Leave me now. You don't have to scream. You don't have to squeal. You don't have to wear camo. You don't have to do any of those things. All the powers in Jesus' name. Now learn the word. Learn the word and use the sword of the spirit. But I tell you what, every one of us come up these moments like, I'll tell you what, in the name of Jesus, leave me now. And you take that and you keep that with you and you use that. Amen. We've got more on this. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.